0: All right, well, we are in a series right now called Anchor Church DNA. Uh, Because we have a lot of visitors this year and because we went through COVID, we're coming back to the fundamentals of what it means to be a healthy, godly church. So today we're starting a two-part sermon series within that framework that's called Loving Community. We want to be a loving community. Church, And that's going to require that everybody figure out what it means to help build a loving church together. I heard about a church online, I read about the stats, and I know for sure that this church isn't going to make it. Oh, they've got everything in place, but they're not built to last. Sure, they've got a beautiful building and tons of windows that let the light in. They've got a pipe organ. They've got a baptistry. They even have a sanctuary that seats 1,300 people. But listen, this church is not alive. Do you know how I know? Because they're all, check it out, Legos. It's a Lego church, (laughs) It's called Abston Community Church. Someone really built a Lego church, but it's not built to last because it's all plastic. Now, maybe you can see where I'm going with this. As a church, we can have the baptistry, we can have the seats, the building, the basketball, the gym, we can have everything. But listen, if we're plastic, if we're not real with each other, if we're not alive and building loving relationships, none of it matters. So I want to invite you today to help me Find out what it means to build a loving church here at Anchor Church this week and next week. And with Pastor Stephen being installed this morning, this is a key charge to him. Because with the students and the adults, we're charging him to lead us as we're becoming a loving community. Let me pray for this sermon in particular, and then we'll learn how to be a loving church. Jesus, we want the world to know us by our love. And so we pray that you would show us what it means as a congregation to be filled with the love of Christ. We know, oh Lord, that in the church there will be a lot of pain, there will be a lot of confusion, sometimes conflict, there will be sickness, there will be setbacks. Every church is like a body, and with the body there will be problems and breaks and scratches and But Lord, we pray that you would use all of it, everything that comes our way as a church, to strengthen our bonds of love. Love for you and love for other people. That's our mission. So we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because this is a topical sermon, uh, all the verses will be projected on the screen for you. And you can take notes with the note sheet that's in your bulletin. Uh, This is kind of skimming along the surface of a lot of really great theology about the church, but we're going for kind of breadth as opposed to depth. So number one, check this out. Write this down. Let's gather together so we don't fall apart. Hey, do you want to be a loving church? Do you want to be a loving church? Let me hear you. Do you want to be a loving church? Do you want to be cold, cold? Do you want to have clicks? Do you want to be rude? Do you want to chase away the nude people? No. We want to be loving, right? That starts when we gather together. Let's gather together so we don't fall apart. Hey, friends, the good life God has for you in Jesus Christ is lived out in a church community. We have to recognize that. We can't be Lone Rangers We can't be secret service CIA Christians out there, unknown. We have to find a good church family and gather so we don't fall apart. Check out Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. I'll put it up on the screen. It says this, let us consider how to stir up, what does it say there? One another. another. Now, can you obey this verse alone? You can't. There has to be another for there to be one another. So this is basic Bible math. In order to build a loving church, you've got to be around other Christians. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, that's the day of Jesus' return, drawing near. So the further you go in faith, the further the church goes into the end times, the more we are getting together. Hey, let's gather together so we don't fall apart. Isolation is a huge problem with Christians right now. You might make the mistake of thinking, I just need a break. I need a break from everything, including people, including church, including drama, including what I just need me and netflix (laughs) isolation while it might cover over your problems for a little bit is a disastrous long-term solution for your spiritual well-being hey listen i've seen this happen time and time again in ministry more community more maturity less community less maturity when you're pulling out, when you're drifting away, when, when you're going it alone, bad things are going to happen in your mind. Bad things are going to happen in your heart. Not much is going to be going on in your spirit. Why? Because there's, there's a problem. You're not part of the body anymore. So we have to gather together so we won't fall apart. Jot this down. Make Sunday worship a top priority. Top priority. Top priority. It all starts when it comes to gathering with this, right here, getting here. We have a lot of people who join us online, and that's wonderful. We have, we have actually over 100 people every week who are, who are online for a variety of reasons. Now look, some of them are home right now because they're sick. I don't want to guilt trip them. I don't want them to run here right now and sneeze on us, right? So look, as you, if you're gathering online, praise God that you're here. And sometimes people actually look for a new church by attending online for a while too. Hey, praise God for that. Uh, but there comes a point where you have to cross over. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to get here. I'm going to get here and be around warm bodies who can pat me on the back and give me a hug, and, you know, and I'm going to warm up my life with the body of Christ. Make Sunday worship a top priority. I don't know what your background is growing up. We went to church twice a year for both holidays when I was growing up, Christmas and Easter. We were called priesters, right? But that's where it all be. That's what I had growing up. That was my starting point. That's all I knew. Then when I got saved, I wanted to go to church every week. And, and I drove to Melrose Park from Payless to get to church because that's where my church family was. Every week, that's where I went. We have to make Sunday worship a top priority. Hey, the way to do it is to make sure that you say, we're going to church, and you put that in the river like a big boulder, then you let everything else flow around it. Well, but wait, we got this party. We'll get there. Well, but wait, we got, wait, we'll get there. You know, don't worry. And then people will learn to count on the fact that you won't be able to be there early Sunday. Why? Because you're in church, right? You're in church. Make Sunday worship a top priority. Hey, 52 Sundays a year isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. Let's make every one of them count. If we're healthy and we're in town, let's get here and let's, let's get here early and let's make every one of them full of heaven's glory. Make Sunday worship a top priority. Jot this down. Show up to church gatherings and events. If we're going to gather together so we don't fall apart, if there's a gathering, show up to an event. This might be a mom's night out. You know what? I'm going to go. This might be a student's activity, you know, ultimate frisbee. You know what? I'm going to get there. When it comes to vacation Bible school, that's coming up. We're in. We're, we're going to be there. Especially, here's the thing, when you don't feel like it. Or especially if you've got a teenager, right? I've got teenagers. Well, I don't want to go. So you're still going. But I said I don't want to. What, did you think that was just going to rip all of the desires in my heart to make you a godly man or woman and just throw them on the floor? Of course you don't want to go to everything, but guess what? You're going. You see, that's the way the conversation goes. Sunday morning, I joked with everybody last week, it's a holiday weekend, we did yard work all Saturday, we woke up, I didn't want to come to church, all right? I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to text Pastor Stephen and say you're on, right? What, I had some coffee, I got up, I felt better, I got here, You know, I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning because we did yard work again yesterday, and I don't know what's going on, but something got in my eye. That's why I'm wearing my glasses. Maybe some of you didn't even realize it was me. It's still me, Pastor Ryan, okay? I'm just wearing the glasses today. But I was like four in the morning, flushing my eyes out, you know, trying to figure out how serious this was, and do I need to go to the emergency room? Um, So not not feeling super well-rested today, but when you're not feeling it, you still sing. You still get there, and that includes events. Here's some pictures of some recent events we had, um, you know, and and missing out FOMO is a big problem. You know, our kids have a wana, they meet every week. Maybe you didn't know about it, or maybe you didn't take that step to sign up, but man, the kids met every week and they learned Bible verses, and they got their vests and their badges, and they they did this Grand Prix event, and man, let's get there. Let's get our kids there. Here's the next picture. Our students got together. Uh, Pastor Steven and Nikki got to meet them. We had some ice cream, and he laid out the summer schedule. Here's another picture. And, you know, here's the thing. Here's every—you can go on to the next picture. We had some ice cream, and he he talked through every opportunity the kids are going to have over the summer to connect. Now, yeah, maybe they might not be able to make everything— but as a church, we want to gather together so we don't fall apart. Camp's a huge one, man. Get your teenagers to summer camp. Get the, turn their phones off. Get out there. Have fun. Meet people. Sing. Hear them. Man, a week of that, and they're going to come home, and they're going to have encountered God. Wow. Sign me up for that. So show up to church gatherings and events. And then jot this down. Get connected to group life. Get connected to group life. Our church model is group-based. So getting people into a, a small group or, or a Bible study um, or some special study that we do, if you really want to feel like this church is kind of family, you got to get into a group. You know? And there's a lot of different kinds of groups. Um, but if you get into a group, you're going to feel like you've got some friends here. So if you get into group life, you'll really move forward because you're getting plugged in. Here's a picture of somebody who got stuck. Now look, that might be you spiritually. I haven't really gone anywhere in a couple of years. I haven't really felt like God was real. I haven't really been challenged. And look, I, I almost guarantee you, if you're not regularly, weekly, around a group of people, men, if there's not a group of men who know you, where you're at, who can speak into your life, you're going to get stuck. Women, if you don't have women who are sharing that load with you, who, who know how to pray for you and, you know, when you have a bad week, you're willing to risk and tell them about it. You know, yep, yeah, I was a bad mom this week and i want to tell you about it. You know, hold me accountable for next week. And guess what? You're going to get stuck if you don't have the body of Christ around you encouraging you and challenging you. Let's gather together so we don't fall apart. Make Sunday worship a top priority. Show up to church gatherings and events Get connected to group life, and that even includes outside of church. There should just be this desire to be around God's people, right? Like, hey, let's grab lunch. Let's have some people over, right? Let's let's be hospitable. In Acts 5.42, it says this of the early church, and every day in the temple, now that's kind of their large group gathering, like the whole nation would show up to the temple, right? Every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. They were gathering together in the temple, big group. Then they'd go back to their houses, little group. They'd share what they knew about Jesus and what they were learning. They were meeting. They they're having meals together, right? And you know what? It was hard because they were from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different economic classes. In 1 in Corinthians, there were like fights breaking out but guess what? They made it work. They kept getting together. They had every reason to say, yeah, you know what? I just, I just can't go. But they did it. So number one, if you want to be a loving church, I hope you do. Let's gather together per Hebrews 10, per Acts 5, so we don't fall apart. Number two, jot this down. Let's humbly serve and help one another. Let's humbly serve and help one another. So this now is the practical side of loving other people. When it comes to help, we all need it, but we rarely ask for it. See, we exalt self-reliance. We exalt independence. So we feel like if we need to text somebody and say, I need help, something's going wrong. Boy, that's just not true. When you need help, specifically with a physical need, the church is God's provision for you to say, I've got so many people around you who are willing to step up and serve together with you. Let's humbly serve and help one another. The church needs a lot of functional, practical help, people serving on ministry teams to actually grow and to become loving. The church needs help every week. In Galatians 6, 9 to 10, here's what it says. We'll put it up on the screen. It says, let us not grow weary. Do you know what it means to grow weary, am I right? You're like, oh, it's like on a hot day when you've done too much and you take a sip of water and you sit down and you're like, oh, I'm tired. Well, don't do that, it says, of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap, now we're out on a farm somewhere, we just put some seed in the ground and we're looking at dirt. In due season we will reap if we do not give up. Isn't that, a, isn't that a funny thought? Like seed, seed, seed. And then you turn around and you're like, I'm wasting my time. That's it. You throw your hoe down and you go home. Yeah. Wait a minute. you got to wait. you got to do the work, do the service, and then you don't turn around and yell at the ground. You, you're patient and you keep doing the work because seeds will grow in season. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See, that's where you get into, well, I already do so much. You know, I work a lot at home, and take care of my neighbor. Well, right, but the household of faith, that's the church, especially with your church family members. You should have an affection for them. Hey, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Um, they're not at the last of the list. They're actually near the top of the list. So when it comes to loving, we have to humbly serve and help one another. You can ask yourself as you look around with, You know, if this has been your church family for a little while, hey, who have I humbly helped and served in this room recently? You know, the easiest way to do that is you get on a ministry team. Ushers just, you know, served. They took up the offering. The counters are going to count it. Security is going to guard them, you know, on the way to make sure that, you know, whatever they do. And and so what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that you get on a ministry team. In the hospitality team, there's also a kids ministry that goes on during church. You've also got... Uh, we had a parking team for a while. It might be time to bring that back. But when it comes to humbly serving and helping one another, uh, jot this down. You might want to commit to a ministry team. You might want to commit to a ministry team. That's your way of saying, you know what? I'm going to serve other people on a regular scheduled basis. I'm going to show up. I'm going to open that door. I'm going to make that coffee. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help. And when when you sign up to serve uh, on worship. Or maybe maybe the tech ministry, right? There's so many places where you can serve. Then it's just going to happen. You know, you already said yes. Here's a picture of our men's uh, breakfast team. Check this out from our men's prayer breakfast. Whenever we, there we go. Whenever we have a men's prayer breakfast, we have guys who show up early, and the guys who show up early make the food, uh, and then they get a big round of applause because a lot of hungry guys are really thankful for them. <laughs> so they say yes. They get there early couple times ago, they almost set the kitchen on fire, and the fire department had to show up, right? Uh, But that's all right. Right, Jim? We forgive them, because we know a spatula fell behind and caught fire. Black smoke was billowing. But anyway, we still had a great breakfast, because a lot of guys committed to showing up. You might want to commit to a ministry team, but when it comes to that, in 1 Peter 4.10, here's what it says. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we are given the ability through spiritual gifts, through natural abilities, to actually serve other people in the church. And when it comes to that, we have to say, yes, I'm going to step up and I'm going to serve other people to strengthen them, to build them up. Commit to a ministry team. uh, If you know your natural abilities, if you know the resources you have, if you know your spiritual gifts, which we go through in our step two a class leading into membership then guess what you can commit to a ministry team and you can help in a variety of ways jot this down ask others if they need help let's humbly serve and help one another commit to a ministry team ask others if they need help so when it comes to this is the practical side of becoming a loving church just say hey i heard that you had something coming up you're moving you know or you're going to the doctor do you need help can i help you You just text, hey, can I help you with that? You take the initiative and you throw the offer out there. Hey, can I help? Can I help? Can I help? When's the last time, and listen, we're talking about our church family for this sermon. So when's the last time someone in this church got a text or a call from you where you just said, hey, can I help? Can I help you? I heard something that was coming up. Is there a way that I could give you a hand with that? Could be a physical need, like a deck project. It could be an emotional need, like... Hey, you know, heard what's going on with, you know, your child or what's going on. Can I help? Have you said that to somebody recently? Ask others, how can I help you? In 1 John 3, 16 to 18, here's what it says. By this we know love, that Jesus, he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers, that's the church. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. The one example listed here, of course, is if your brother or sister has a material need, something physical that they need, right? Um, and that could be benevolence, that could be their, their oven goes out, right? There's, there's something physical that they need. And the, the challenge here is like, an, and a heart closes, and the other Christian says, "Ah, not me, you know, I'm not gonna, or no, I can't, you know. There's no effort really to reach over. Now, like I said, there can be physical opportunities like, oh, did you hear their car broke? Maybe we should help out with that. But there could also be emotional needs. Like, man, they're down, right? Like, they just got some bad news. Uh, They've been been going at it in in this ordeal for so long. And when it comes to the help, you might just need to reach out and say, hey, is there anything I can do Maybe they say yes, maybe they say no, but just making the offer is where, where we become a loving church. How can I help you? Um, sometimes you feel like the problem's too big. When COVID was happening, that was bad enough. Then you remember the streets of Chicago suddenly erupted uh, because there was, a lot of, there was a lot of violence, there were riots, right? Um, and, and, and there was racial outrage of what was going on in the city, and because of that, uh, the city was suddenly... No longer desolate, but was full of turmoil. Well, after all this happened, we started asking ourselves, Well, what can we do? How can we help? Is there anything we can do? One of the things we did is we contacted a partner church in the city and they said, Hey, we're organizing a neighborhood cleanup day. So many of these people in their neighborhoods that just got wrecked, uh, they, they just come outside and there's just so much. They can't clean it up all on their own. We said, well, Hey, we'd love to come and help. Uh, so here's a picture of our church. Some of our church members just say, Hey, we'll be there. How can we help? It was so beautiful. The police officers were there helping to coordinate the efforts. Some city workers were there bringing in the garbage trucks. They had some food there. It was a wonderful coordination made up of over 100 people who just said, How can I help? How can I help? And I know that's a small part of a gigantic problem, but that day, it was beautiful. It really was. How, how can I help? Filling the church, filling the world with love starts when you say, Hey, do you need help? Jot this down. And then invite others to help you. Invite others to help you. And this might be the hardest part. When you have a need, actually telling people about it. We want to serve one another and help one another. And that might mean that you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to need a little help next week. Can you can you show up? Can you give me a hand? We're so private today. We don't want people to know our business, right? And so, often we're just too polite we're like no 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 we got it we got it and then suddenly that week comes and we're like I should have asked for help ah. we have to invite others to help us we have so many opportunities in the church to help you you know if a member of your family's in the hospital we do meal trains we just help provide food so that's one thing you don't have to take care of if you're also dealing with medical things going on but we have to know right we have to know that there's a need um, you have to be able to say, hey, will you help me with this? And it's good when um, when you invite others to help you. It's good when you in, involve the church in that too, because uh, people will love to, to serve you. Now, sometimes people try to take advantage of, of us. We got we to gotta be careful. There was actually one person who contacted somebody in the church. They're like, I need help. And so some church people showed up. We didn't really know this person, and um, we didn't realize, but this uh, this person was struggling with hoarding, like he was a hoarder, and his house was full of stuff, and we were like, oh boy, uh, and so he said, yeah, I need some help, and we're like, okay, so we started like bringing garbage out of the house, and putting it in a truck, and, and uh, he then would drive it to a storage facility to keep it, and we were like, oh boy, okay, I don't think we're helping here, <laughs> like, you have bigger issues, we're willing to help with those, Uh, you know, we had some family issues. The reason why this was happening is because there was some family problems because the house was not safe. So you have to try and figure out what does help really mean at times. Does that make sense? But when you invite others to help you as a church, we say yes, we show up and we want to serve in the church and in the community. Hey, let's be a loving church. Number one, let's gather together so we don't fall apart. Uh, let's make Sunday worship a top priority, show up to gatherings and events, get connected to group life. Number two, let's humbly serve and help one another. Let's commit to a ministry team. Let's ask others if they need help, and let's invite others to help us when the need arises. And then number three, jot this down. Let's warmly comfort and challenge one another. Let's warmly comfort and challenge one another. So now this is we did the practical side, right, of serving in the church, serving. but now this is the emotional side. This is the emotional side. We need to warmly comfort and challenge one another in relationships, and that can't be hurried. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, we'll put it up on the screen. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of, I love this, all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God see how that works whatever we're going through God comforts us so that whatever anybody is going through we can comfort them and guess how God shows up for you when you're going through some stuff he gets a brother or sister and you go and you have coffee and he's right there We're to weep with those who weep, right? We're laugh with those who laugh. We're supposed to be like a family. So we're to warmly comfort and challenge one another. This is the emotional side of building relationships. We should truly care about each other. And when people are going through a hard time, we should know it. Uh, Maybe you're going through a hard time right now. Maybe you feel like it's been so long, you're so down, your heart is just shattered, and you just need somebody to empathize with you and just to sit there with you and to listen you know maybe maybe your relationship with Jesus right now looks like this I love this picture I saw this on on, online you're like under the water and you just you know he's just reaching down and and he's trying to pull you up uh, and you need other people to encourage you too because you feel down you feel depressed you feel anxious you feel afraid this is when the church needs to come alongside you and say, hey, I'm gonna write that person a note. Some people in our church have the spiritual gift of encouragement. They they never stop encouraging people. It's really phenomenal to see. Send the text. Hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Schedule the lunch. You might want to do this. Who needs a little card from you this week? Who needs a text from you this week? Who is it in your life that needs you to lift them up? And I mean the goal of the connection is going to be for you to encourage them. What else are we going to do? That's the goal. That's maybe all that needs to happen for that person to have a good day. Here's some specifics. Jot this down. Listen patiently. Listen patiently. If someone's going through a hard time, it's going to be nonlinear. You know, and this, and then she said this, and then I went through this, and now this happened, and you're just listening. listening. You're listening. You're listening patiently. I think too often we are very quick when someone's struggling to try and tell them what to do. But that's not what it means to encourage somebody. We're actually going to just listen. We're going to tell ourselves, I'm just going to listen and ask a lot of questions because this person's really going through it, right? And I'm going to allow them to take me on that journey where their emotions might be up and down and left and right and all around. And I'm going to listen patiently. And Who needs this from you right now? Who who needs you to just pick up the phone and say, I know it's going to take a while. I'm just going to listen. A good way to check yourself when you're trying to check in with somebody is can you restate what they're telling you? Okay, so so you're saying it seems like this is what's going on at work. No, 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 no. Okay, keep going because I'm not getting it. Can you restate what they're telling you? They might actually need a little help getting clarity on what they're saying. You restate the facts. And then you reflect the feelings. Okay, this is actually good in marriage. Maybe in your marriage, sometimes you fight. Maybe you have a perfect marriage and you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can restate what the person's thinking and reflect how they're feeling, that'll take care of getting you down the road to healing real quick. Okay, so, so you're feeling really anxious and afraid. Yes, okay. And you're thinking... You don't know how this is going to turn out and you, don't, you can't trust this person. Right. Okay, now you got it. If you can restate what they're thinking and reflect what they're feeling, you've been a good listener. Listen patiently. Just listen. There are several people who've, who've lost a loved one, you know, recently. And recently, when you lose a loved one, I mean, you're talking, I don't mean last month, I mean, years can go by and it can still feel fresh. You just maybe need to be with that person. Be like, how you doing? And then, you know what you're going to do? You're going to listen. You're just going to listen. This is what it means to warmly comfort and challenge one another. Listen patiently. And then jot this down. Pray fervently. Pray fervently. Okay, you know what? Let's pray right now. That's what you say. Let's pray right now. Let's lift this up to Christ. Let's lift this up. And are there people in your church family who you've been praying for? People in this room who you've been praying for? Who's on your prayer list in your church family? Because we're supposed to be praying for each other. And maybe when you've listened patiently, you don't even know what the person, you don't even know how to pray for them. And that's okay. You can joke together. You can be like, I don't even know what to pray for. I know, I don't even know what to pray for either. I saw this picture online too. Here's a great way to reflect sometimes how you feel. Dear Jesus, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, you might not even know what to say. And that's okay. Because you're just praying with the person, right? Pray fervently. Do you remember when Jesus, like the night before he was going to die to save the world, remember what he said to his disciples? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Wait a minute, who's dying here? Why is he worried about how they're feeling? Little flock, you're going to be okay. He's encouraging them. He's praying for them. It's Christ-like. Pray fervently. And then jot this down. Challenge carefully. Challenge carefully. You know, a bruised reed you don't want to break. A tottering fence the Bible says you don't want to push over. When people are barely holding it together, don't be insensitive or harsh. But they might need, a, they might need to be challenged carefully. Don't do, it, don't do it insensitively. I saw this new product online. You might want to buy it. Check it out. These are called tear rings. Tear rings. See that? Tissues, tissues on the... So look, don't don't show up and be like, here, put these on. I'm going to share some hard truths with you. (laughs) What? I gave you a tissue. Look, if you're going to challenge somebody, if you're going to challenge somebody, you're going to say, look, I don't think you're thinking this right. Do it. Just be so sensitive. Just be so gentle. Right? Challenge carefully. Yeah, they might need to be challenged. So 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we'll put it up on the screen. Here's what it says. And we encourage you, brothers, admonish the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, with them all. Do you see how it says admonish the idol? Yeah, there might be a time where you gotta give somebody a kick, you know, and say, come on, we gotta get going here, you know, you may redirect, come on, get back, you're not thinking, right, get back on track here. If we're gonna warmly comfort and challenge one another, we have to listen patiently, we have to pray fervently, and we have to challenge carefully and look around. Are you doing that with people in this room? Are those things happening regularly? It it happens in small groups. It happens when you're on a ministry team. It it happens when you just get together outside of church. Like, hey, let's watch a playoff game or something. Uh, But look around. We want to be a loving church, right? We don't want to be plastic. We don't want to be lifeless. Nobody wants to come to a church like that. If we're going to be a loving church, we have to gather together so we don't fall apart humbly serve and help one another, and then we have to warmly comfort and challenge one another in Christ.